Hi, um, we are Mother Milk, and this time we're with Shlomit. Um, Shlomit is with us from Shanghai. Shlomit, tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do. We're really excited to have you with us. Uh, thank you, Galit. Um, I'm Shlomit, I'm from Shanghai. I uh, came to Shanghai in 2009. I'm a maternity nurse and a pediatric nurse, and I worked in the NICU and Adassa and Karim in Israel for about six years. Um, I'm also a lactation consultant. I'm a baby sleep coach. I'm a parent coach for the early years. Um, so I do kind of like everything that has to do with pregnancy until early childhood, early parenthood. Um, and I work here in a hospital, international hospital in Shanghai. Uh, I do mostly coaching for parents, expats, and um, prenatal classes, postnatal classes, and one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I have four children. Did I say that? No. Um, <laughs> I have three boys um, and one girl. And um, yeah, that's it. That's a lot. That's hardly it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm delighted to have you with us because you, you do have so, so much experience, um, also personal and also professional. Um, I'd love to hear your feeding experience, you know, personal and professional um, kind of where does this topic take you and, and, and what can you share with us from your vast experience? Um, yes, yeah, so I think I told you a little bit before that I feel that my breastfeeding and feeding experience with my children were not extremely significant for me mm -hmm. um, in a way that my first child was born in an emergency C-section and then he had clubfoot, which means that he had uh, not a big issue but he had casts on his feet and then some braces and I was very much into just making him comfortable no matter what um, and making myself comfortable kind of like comforting on the fact that he had club foot and it was a c-section um, and I was a nurse already for a while back then so I came to my motherhood very prepared to kind of like dealing with anything and I think I took everything in uh very kind of like proportional way, very balanced way. I did my best to breastfeed him. I very quickly realized I don't have much milk. Um, so I couldn't pump a lot. So whenever I was with him, I was breastfeeding. But after a few months, I couldn't leave the house. And I just decided, okay, I'm just gonna give a little bit of formula. And then of course, a little bit less milk even then because I give the formula. So the booby trap as you call it. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, and I think I realized that pretty quickly along the way. And I, I, as I mentioned before, it's kind of like I, I really didn't feel this would be the main thing about my parenting. Um, I didn't think that if I breastfeed a little bit less, even though I'm a lactation consultant, I didn't think it will kind of like identify my parenthood and, and kind of like, you know, define me as a mother. How long am I breastfeeding? And I thought I should focus on really just being happy, content, and just looking at the bright side of things, not uh, focusing on what the other people would say and things like that. So I truly believe in that. Just, I would, I hope that more mothers could. Yeah. And I think it was easier for me because I saw a lot of uh, babies that were premature in the NICU. And because I had a lot of experience, which is probably not easy for other moms, that have a lot of expectations and think that things can be very easy and sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then with my other children, I was very much prepared. Like I, I thought if I have enough milk and if it goes differently, amazing. 
But if not, it's okay. You know, I have a wonderful firstborn. It was fine. So the others will also be okay. Even if I won't breastfeed for even six months. So, yeah. Right, right. Like being able to let that kind of kind of go, realizing that that doesn't define our yeah. motherhood. Yeah, definitely. Shlomit, is there a particular experience that has really kind of stayed with you, either either personal experience or professional experience that that you think would be beneficial to share with with other mothers? Um, regarding the the breastfeeding and the feeding, I think um, not something specific. It's mainly. I was very much focused on the fact that I left Israel and went to live in Shanghai when my baby was only two months. So I was really focused on the fact that I'm not with my family, I'm far away. And again, it shifted the focus from the breastfeeding to just, okay, let's make everything as easy as possible. And so that I could be the best mom that I could be. Hmm. Um, and, and again, I think it's a very important lesson that I've learned myself throughout the years and also um, I wish a lot will just adopt it. It's just knowing that the feeding is not important. It's a very important factor in our life, of course, and with feeding our babies and children as they grow up 100%. But it, again, it doesn't define us. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, is there... Well, so I'm I'm going to ask my, my final question slightly different, but in, 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 in a little bit. But... Um, can you speak a little bit to the, like the cultural differences and what the experience of, of transitioning into motherhood is like in Shanghai? Yes. So in China, um, after you give birth, you have um, about full months, like a 30 day period that you're completely, um, what's the right word? Kind of like in a phase of post-delivery and that means that you literally don't do anything besides taking care of yourself and someone will bring the baby to you for breastfeeding and will change the diapers even and and take care of the baby and take care of you and make a special kind of meal for you so it's a special diet for the mom after birth in order to make sure that she's strong enough and to get her kind of like you know iron levels up and the breastfeeding going and everything so it's a very special month. And I think um, that's, it, it, it's very unique for the Chinese or maybe other countries in Asia, I'm not sure. Um, but it's something that I always, like when I came to China, I thought they're crazy. But looking back and understanding now how it, it's, it's so important and it's so nice that they have the ability to do it. Yeah. Um, I always mention that culturally, it's very different because they have usually one child or two. Um, and not more. And also the grandparents are very, very much involved. Um, mm. So the grandparents help a lot. Um, so it's kind of like one grandchild and four um, <laughs> grandparents and then two parents. So one child has like six people on top of him. Um, and the mother, again, the mother is really taken care of um, by others in the first month. So that's the main thing that I think we can learn just a little bit about that and reduce the pressure that we have on new mothers and that give birth in Israel, for example, and they are kind of like expected to do everything from the second that they give birth and just be super moms from day one. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's giving space for this 
for this momentous moment, for this like holy experience of, of creating life and just stopping for a minute and kind of like allowing us to, I like to kind of say it like bask in this glorious moment. Yes. And, and, and even just in a sense of recovery, yeah. uh, physical recovery, because really when you think about physically, um, I think you probably know yourself and I can tell about myself that my, uh, my second baby, uh, who was vaginal birth, like a VBAC, a vaginal birth after a C-section, I had a very, very, very difficult recovery. Um, and I don't think it's very unusual, but I needed time to heal uh, in order to function. And sometimes you forget that it's physically getting stronger and better. You can't be very, um, you know, you can't be on your best side if you're not feeling well. So it comes right. together. And even if you had a a very smooth delivery and you have like great physical recovery you have the emotional side and the hormones and and breastfeeding and taking care of everything around you so yes i think as you said we have to embrace this it's it's not a moment it's a month at least it's more than a month but okay we have to kind of like um at least a month of getting ourselves together before we start going back on track right right before there are these kind of external expectations almost. Wow, that sounds incredible. And um, is, there, is there kind of a, um, a message or, or some words of wisdom, advice that you, that you want our mothers who are listening to, to hear and know? Um, I think the best tip that I can give is really just follow your heart listen to your instincts. Um, don't try to please anyone around you but yourself, because I truly think we're just better people if we do that. Mm. Uh, better moms, better people. And um, that it helps a lot when you're just thinking what would make me happier or what will make me um, ease things out yeah. and not what would please others. Because if you're only there to please others or to follow guidance um, of someone else, so when you don't kind of like think about yourself, it will just backfire. Yeah. So listen to yourself and, and please yourself because it will just bring better uh, results for the long run, for sure. I think that's a great, great, important message that, that we, we need to know that when we're congruent and aligned within ourselves, then that will yield more long lasting results. And then we are better to yes. kind of care for others because we've cared for ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And Shlomit, um, we briefly spoke about, um, you know, you do a lot of like um, parenting classes and, and, and you're a lactation consultant and sleep training. Um, um, is there, you know, and you do kind of like the pre- um, prenatal classes and things like that. When, when, when mothers kind of, I'm just wondering if, if there's any kind of advice you can give to moms who kind of want to breastfeed, um, you know, but, but, but we don't know until actually after the birth, what's going to kind of happen. And, and there's so many things. And I guess to speak to kind of the, I think that a lot of the grief and, and feelings of kind of, 
loss or inadequacy come when we have this idealization and when we feel like we have to breastfeed because that will define us as mothers. So can you kind of, how do you speak to that and how do you prepare women for this kind of, um, for the reality that also with feeding, we don't, you know, there's kind of a, we can't predict what will happen and to be okay with that. Um, yes, I, I think I speak a lot about it in the prenatal classes, as you mentioned, because it's, it's the same as when we imagine delivery a little bit, it's just yeah. easier to talk about it when you imagine your delivery, like how would my first birth look like, and you prepare yourself and you take classes and courses and you learn and, and you listen and, and whatever, and you really kind of like do courses with your partner, maybe. Um, and you prepare for everything. And then suddenly you come to the hospital and then you end up having a C-section, which is what I had for example. Um, and a lot of moms have that, of course. Um, so you, you, we have to come in a, from a place of a little bit less expectations um, and just know that it's a little bit out of our control in some way. Yeah. And it goes for breastfeeding. It's kind of like you can prepare yourself, you can learn about it, you can read about it, and you can expect and try to go in a certain way, but it can really change a lot after giving birth. I mean, um, so many things can go differently than what you expect. And also for the other side, I could say it like, it, you know, like everything, I have a very good friend, for example, here that gave birth in Shanghai, and she was sure that she would not be able to breastfeed, and she really didn't want to. And she told me in advance, you know, don't push me as a me I'm never um but she said like I don't want to feel any pressure because I don't I really don't want to breastfeed and she was breastfeeding after that for like more than two years and she loved it so it can go both ways of course but we always have to just know um just come open-minded to everything yeah because you can never know it's out yeah. of our control and you have to just see how it goes it can be amazing with one baby and the other would be a struggle or right so right yeah. I love that. That's a great a message to kind of, to kind of also end on to be open minded to everything and that it can go either way. So, you know, nothing's kind of black and white. There's a lot of gray there. Yeah, definitely. Shlomi, thank you very gray. much. I really appreciate um, you taking the time. I know it's also late there. So really, thank you so much for, for this powerful, calm, um, steady, knowledgeable voice that, that you're bringing to the conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.